Yo, where you at, G? I'm on G. Boloa. Ue to G. Yo, G. Ugoopi. Hey, G. Owe oh, hey. I'm in the studio. Studio. Welcome to Amp Stories Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everybody, to Amp Stories Podcast. Woo! Season two is here. Season two is here. A big shout out to everyone that participated in season one, but this season is about to be fire. And that's why we got our special guest today. Guess what, guys? You got a special guest. And so I'm going to let the special guest introduce themselves. So go ahead, special guest. Talk to us. <laughs> I feel special. Yeah, you should feel special. You should. What's up, everybody? My name is Jay. I'm 27. I'm in H-Town. I am a director of marketing. I love cooking. And fun fact about me, I'm trying to be a millionaire. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> love to hear it. Love to hear it. Also, now you're really repping Houston for real, for real. In my mind, I'm from Houston. I'm a literally Houston hot girl. Um, so no ATL, no the Bronx, no. I was never no from New the Bronx. York, Queens. That, that I'm from Queens, but there you go. <laughs> Queens, actually, don't rep Queens. You're right. Don't do that. No, I mean I'm a rep Queens, but like the Queens in the Bronx. Yeah, no, I'm from the Bronx, so. Yeah, keep that I'll be thinking here. everybody's from the Bronx. We, because uh, well, we not. Don't nobody want to be from the Bronx. So <laughs> everybody want to be from the Bronx. Excuse me. Excuse me. You know what? Some of my favorite people are from the Bronx, though. So I can't even flag. Exactly. Shout and out Brianna. Think... Shout out Rising. But see, the whole <laughs> squad is from the Bronx. I guess. But I'm a hot girl. I'm a Houston hot girl for sure. Okay, that's cool. But is Houston where you want to be forever? Yeah, I actually do. Like, Houston is the first city that I feel like I want to set up roots in. Like, I feel like if you talk to me in any other city, I was like, oh, I think I want to live in Cali next. I want to do Houston mm. next. I want to be here next. Like, Houston's the first city that people ask me that. And I'm like, I'm cool right here, actually. Like, wow. I'm cool. So, Austin here. didn't do it for you? No, Austin doesn't do it for anybody Black. I'm sorry. <laughs> actually nah I, austin austin was good for what it's good for you know if you're mm-hmm. in tech i think if you're starting a new career in tech austin is the place you want to be it was mm-hmm. good networking i think in comparison to houston austin is safer give or take i know some stuff be happening but like you know houston's a little bit more hood but it's, it's a lot more diverse it's a lot more culture so you know austin has its, its things but after a while i think you got to move on from austin true but we met in austin yeah that's what it's oh. for you meet I'll be like, okay, let's leave. Because where you at now? Exactly. Oh, so. You know, put it out there. Yes, I'm in Dallas now. I'm in Dallas now. Houston won't see me, though. Because I'm trying to be young, bougie, professional. Houston is better than Dallas. That's Dallas. That's Dallas. You trying to live for good. Dallas is not touching houston yeah i don't want it to touch houston because oh houston is God. a whole nother ball game that i'm not trying to do it that's for the young folk that's like me living in new york again get out of here you gotta act your age and move to dallas that's all i'm saying oh, so you you like being in the burbs in dallas you like being in the burbs you know you feel an adultish in a way but at the same time i wish i was a kid again so you're not even gonna you're not even gonna get there but anyways enough about the <laughs> location talk you forgot to say something what i forgot to say your passions i said i was passionate about cooking run the tape back oh you did 
<laughs> no, you said you like cooking. It's a passion. I like it. Like, what's the difference? Okay. You know, you got something going on with your cooking thing. <laughs> don't don't shy. Don't don't shy away from the details. Yeah, I love to cook. I like bringing people together. I have a cooking Instagram. Is is at is J cooking. Um, yeah, I like cooking. That just started as like um I used to cook in college for my friends because we didn't have any money. <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like when you're in college, you just want a really good meal, but again, you don't have money. So I'm like, I probably should just start cooking stuff and I actually come from a family that can cook really well. So people always ask me like, who taught me to cook? I'm not sure anybody really taught me more. So I just was always in the kitchen growing up, like whether that's like, you know, helping prep Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And I really just read recipes. I really take you know, it's it's a it's, it's just fun for me to read recipes and try new things and see the possibilities. So I document that sometimes on my Instagram. I'm a little lazy with it. I do want to have a cookbook. Every year I say I'm going to have a cookbook. Maybe it's this year. <laughs> maybe it's this year, y'all. Maybe. maybe it's this year. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know, but um, we'll see. That's cool. I would say Jay's cooking is a one. I would say like living in Austin, we literally had those days like, oh, Jay, please. Can you, can you make something for us? And she's oh like, okay, God. guys, just come over. Y'all are so spoiled. Everybody who lives within vicinity of me is extremely spoiled because y'all know. Y'all well, thank God for that. In. And then y'all sweeten the deal by saying, oh, I'll go get the groceries. I'd be like. Exactly. Okay, See? that's half the battle, I guess. Exactly. Imagine telling you to also cook and get the groceries. That's so inconsiderate. We can never do that to you. Y'all are spoiled. But never. Okay. We can never do that to you. But anyway, let's jump right into the conversation then. So. First part about this conversation is how did we meet? How did J and G become a combo? Like we how always go through this, and I tell you, I never remember the earliest I never memory. Remember. I don't remember the earliest memory I have of us mm-hmm. is you DJing that pool party. You had on like a, a yellow, a, a yellow, yellow mini skirt. skirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my earliest memory, but I can't remember if we met there or not. If that was like our second time meeting, but I remember that pool party and you was DJ and I'm like Gloria really a DJ <laughs> I'm like Gloria really does Gloria really be on the too no but look I remember this is what I remember so there was that one professional event or something like that I don't even know if you hosted it I honestly think you hosted it it was at VMware I've been doing so much mad of us pulled up and it was just like, oh, hi, this is Brianna. Hi, this is Jay. Hi, this is, this is, this is. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I feel like the second time was the the pool party. I believe. Because then I introduced you to Ryzen. Yeah, I believe that. And you know me, I'm all about building community. So I don't even yeah. remember what event this is, but I believe mm-hmm. it. Because in Austin, I was just like, I gotta bring our people together. Like, <laughs> I gotta to bring us together. So mm-hmm. That sounds about right. I just remember that pool party because I couldn't stop thinking like, Gloria is really a really DJ. A DJ. <laughs> She's really, she knows what to do. Like, yeah. she's not playing songs off her iPhone. She's actually <laughs> right? like, like, no, but that's cool. That is, I try to think about it. Too. What exactly happened? How? I don't know. But you know what it is too? I still don't even know what made me be like, 
that's sis. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I feel like one day I'm like, I love Gloria. <laughs> right. No. Pinpoint like what happened. I was just like, I like Gloria. <laughs> Seriously. And then we started chilling and stuff like that too. And I wasn't even going outside like that either when I was in Austin. So I'm going to just go to Jay's house or something. I do remember that one conversation. It was me, you, and Ryzen. We were talking about, I think, because Ryzen said he wanted that Louis Vuitton bag or something like that. And we was. I was not, I did not want him to buy that Louis Vuitton bag. I was so mad at him. I'm, you don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. We're trying to be financially accountable. I'm so like, Ryzen, please don't please. spend this money. Save it, invest it. Ryzen was not trying to hear me. Nope, he wasn't trying to hear you. And it's okay mm-hmm. because I can't even talk. I've made a few poor decisions, but I've always invested. I always invest my money. But mm-hmm. yeah, you I invest would, in I would, what? What are we talking about? You invest in what? What you invest? I invest in stocks and bonds mm-hmm. right now. Trying to get into real estate. That's my next like ding on the ladder. But yeah, I've been investing in the stock market for the last five years. Mm-hmm. I wish more Black people would do it because. I've created a significant amount of wealth at such a young age just by being consistent and, you know, listening and reading and just getting into the market Mm -hmm. and just seeing what what it's done for people and just pass returns and stuff like that. You know, we worked in tech, so just maximizing our 401k and stuff has been really positive and even taking part in some of the employee stock share and purchasing programs, that's free money. So, you know, just getting more diligent around that stuff and really trying to acquire things that are going to continue to grow and provide income for life. How did you get in tuned with this though? I feel as, like you said, you wish more Black people would get involved with investing and things like that. Well, I agree. However, it's who you know and your Mm -hmm. network and stuff like that. For example, like how we were talking about, we didn't want Ryzen to get the the bag, but it's because we also also have the in the back of our mind, like, yo, we want you to save. We want you to do this with your money instead so that later on it's easier for you to buy this and you can buy three. But someone else may not have that information or that friend group or even parents to be honest, to teach them. So where do they go? Yeah, no, that's that's something I'm very passionate about is just like sharing this information because like you said, I don't feel I knew this either. I just feel like it's like a, you, you meet a couple people mm-hmm. and they just try to put you on game. So I think my own personal story was I, I graduated with debt. I knew nothing about student loans, first of all. So I was just taking out Loan, loan. <laughs> like you get a loan, you get a loan. <laughs> Everybody get a loan. Yeah, after a while they stopped approving me for loans. Like, I got kicked out of school, all that. I like, had to beg my way back into school. You know, my school paid for it, but I still three jobs, all that. So for me, when I got out of school, I got one of those good tech jobs they be talking about. And for me, it was more money than I had ever known. I think if I look back 10 years, you know, you make your little goal, it's like, oh, I want to make this amount by age 35. And then mm-hmm. Tech just completely puts that on on top of its head for people because they're mm-hmm. they just they pay really good. So I just remember getting this like really good job, and all I knew was about saving. I was like, well, as long as I save, I'm cool. I heard people talk about stocks and stuff like that, but I just felt that was a rich people thing, mm-hmm. um, particularly a rich white people thing. It's not like I never heard of it, but it was just it just felt like a pay to play game. Like it just felt like something that I wasn't supposed to be asking about. It felt like if you knew, you knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just saving my little money. I bought all my furniture on credit cards. Like I was broke. <laughs> I was just like chilling. I was like, I got a new job. I'll pay it off. Like, and like I said, I was saving money, but I wasn't even very like dedicated or 
consistent with the money I was saving. Mm-hmm. I would save $100 here, $100 there. And I remember this director at my job, she's a Black director. She changed my life. She just took an interest in me and my career. And one day she was, oh, like, you know, I know they pay you good because, you know, you in tech. <clears throat> what are you doing with your money? Saving it. What you mean? She like, how much you saved? I told her the number. She's like, that doesn't make sense. Where are you keeping your money at? It's at the crib. And she's like, you don't have the money no. in the bank. I'm like, why would I put it? It's like, it's, that's what, that's all I knew, right? To your point. So, and this is literally almost five or six years ago at this point. And she wrote this man's number down on a piece of paper who happened to be a financial advisor. Call him. Like, he's my financial advisor for years. You need to give him a call. And I reached out to this advisor. I was scared because I didn't have no money. Right. And he basically was black. And he was like, listen, I'm not going to charge you. I just want to help more Black people basically get to it and like see that it's attainable. You need to be investing. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So he literally put me on a plan where I paid off my credit card debt and then I saved a couple thousand dollars. And then I started investing in the stock market with his help. And he, to this day, has not charged me nothing. And wow. Like, like nothing. Like I've for over five years, I've not been charged anything. A lot of my friends invest with him now too. And it's not even with him. It's your brokerage account, but you yeah. have someone that you can talk to. You can ask questions. I didn't know what ETFs were and index funds mm-hmm. and, you know, what are quality stocks? What I should be buying? He turned my 401k. You know, your 401k is a lot of money that just be sitting in BS. So like yeah. people don't know you can take the money out of that and put it into like yeah. Amazon or put it into Microsoft and grow exponentially over the next 20 years versus whatever mm-hmm fun they have it in. So that's how I kind of got into it. And then fortunately enough, I I work for someone who preaches this, you know, this message. So like my mindset of just of how I think about wealth and stuff have just completely changed. Even now we were just joking about the Louis bag. If you can afford Mm -hmm. it, certainly my rule of thumb is like if I buy something nice I have to invest just as much on a trip I've probably put away the same amount of money either into my savings account or to my stock account or something. So that's how I try to hold myself accountable. Well then Jay, you balling. Let me hold a dollar. <laughs> Stop. I'm not. I'm not. Let I, me hold a dollar. I don't have my nails. I really be cheap sometimes. Like No, it's but that's it's not necessarily being cheap. It's planning for something. You're planning for yeah, something. Yeah, and honestly it's like a value shift. Cause you start getting nice stuff and you realize it's cool, but I wish I would have made some bread. I wish I would have mm-hmm. had something else buy this because it was cool for like the first month, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you just be doing stuff that you're like, why am I paying $200 for this? I could have... The craziest stat to me is that whole thing about like, if you bought the iPod for $300 X amount of years ago, if you would have took that $300 and put it into Apple, you would have made thousands. You could have bought... <laughs> so I always think about stuff like that and I'm, I'm a chill. We knew yeah, we, we knew. would we would do it. But now y'all know because y'all are watching. Yeah, so, exactly. But right now the market is a little scary. So what advice would you give someone from what your mentors have taught you, what your your boss have told you, things like that. So yeah. with this market um, going crazy. Right the now. market definitely is a little scary right now. But if you just look back historically at the stock market, it always is it's cyclical. It always mm-hmm. drops at some point. And these are the best opportunities where millionaires are made is because they continue to buy. I think Warren Buffett has said when people are greedy, you should be scared. And when they're scared, you should be greedy. So Mm -hmm. since people are like really scared right now, I think we're going into recession. A lot of stuff is cheap right now. Like Amazon is trading relatively cheap right now. From what my mentors told me and just kind of what I've seen is just I'm a value investor. So I don't even invest in stuff that I don't believe in or that's not going to be here. I own stuff that's Amazon, Microsoft, Johnson Johnson. These are companies that are not 
they're not going to close during the recession. The stock is going to dip. Historically, it has also gone back up. So I don't believe in crypto. I don't do none of that. All of my stuff that I invest in is quality companies. So I would say people who are scared to invest in the market are probably investing in stuff that's quite volatile. I would advise them to look at some safer stocks that you know are not going anywhere. They know they can't be beat. They're literally nobody's beating Amazon. Nobody's going to be Apple in the next couple of years. So those are things you can feel very solid about. But you can also just do your, you can look these things up. You can look at what happened in 2008. That was like the worst time ever, right? Mm -hmm. We've bounced back. We haven't even hit those low. Even even the low we're in now is not 2008 lows. So it's perspective and also just kind of what your goals are. Practicing patience and like I said, the return, I still have the return. So I'm just loading up on some of this stuff and it'll, it'll time itself out, I'm sure. How do you keep yourself accountable? To make you sure keep like, myself accountable to what? Because you have a goal, right? What's the goal? Tell them what the goal is. I want to be a millionaire. Okay. And so how and do I you didn't, keep I didn't used to want to be a millionaire, but it's, I kind of want to be a millionaire out of necessity, just because mm-hmm. when you think about retirement, inflation, and things like that, it's to sustain the lives we're living now, you literally have to be a millionaire. Like you have to have a million in net worth, at least. That's my goal. I want to be able to really retire and live my life. I don't want to have to work past a certain amount of time. But even in retirement, I don't want to be broke. <laughs> like in retirement, right, I want right. to have money. I want to have things working for me. I want to have assets to pass on to whoever, my family and stuff like that. So that's that's my goal is to okay. be financially independent, comfortable, all that stuff. And so with that being your goal, how do you keep yourself accountable to make sure you're not slipping away from that goal? I don't really think I have to go through any necessary extremes because it's just like, I can see. Wait, wait, wait. So if it's a mindset, right? Mm-hmm. How do you shift that mindset? So there's going to be people that are like, oh yeah, I want to be a millionaire too. What do I have to tell my mind, body, soul? Do you want to be broke? Like, <laughs> be bro- I'm serious because, no. okay, I'm yeah, serious because you can look at, you know, your own family. No disrespect to anybody's family, no disrespect to my family, but there are very few instances, especially in the black community, where our people retire and they're actually retired. They're not trying to work another job. They're not trying to rely on Social Security. They're still paying off their house. They've made terrible financial decisions that now have mm-hmm. caught up for them. Point in their life where they're supposed to relax and do nothing. They can't because they're stressed about money because they didn't make the right decisions. So I say it's a mindset thing because it's just how do you want to live your life? Like, do you mm-hmm. want to? My boss always says, like, do you want to ball for a season or for a lifetime? What do you want to choose? Like, it's, it's up to you. Every time you go buy something, you know you ain't got no business buying. That's, that takes you a little longer. And I've been there, too. I'm not, I can't act like I don't like a nice bag. I've got a car, you know, stuff. But I also had to be like, all right, now I got to go even harder because these are things I wanted to do. So got to have that talk with yourself. Either you're going to do it or you're not. Because it's just those small changes today gonna make all the difference five to ten years ago we witnessed that growth it's not like it's like oh it's back in the 60s like we witnessed apple become a thing and people invest in it we witnessed people putting money into high interest savings accounts and the interest growing on it we witnessed people buying multifamily homes and property and it you know and appreciating in value over time so either you're gonna do it or you're not it's not a hard shift to make <laughs> like to, to me at least because it's either one it or you don't i agree some people may feel like it's pulling teeth just like how you said in the beginning you thought it was a rich people sport right mm-hmm. and so someone might think man i'm not even making that tech money that she's making what are the steps for someone that's not making that big bag what they can start doing slowly eventually get there you know we're trying to motivate them trying to make them feel like anyone can do this is anybody's capable of investing in their life. You know what the crazy part is? I really feel bad that 
the tech the tech salaries have like become such a a forefront because the reality is what you make in income doesn't matter when it comes to mm. network that it doesn't matter say that again say that again say that what again. you make in income that it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter because i've had this conversation with several people you someone with six fig that makes a six figure income and someone who makes $40,000 $50,000 which is the average income in america i think people really this six figure everybody makes six figure notion is really like inflated the average salary is between 40 and 60,000 so mm-hmm. you're in 40 to 60,000 you're you're like that's average that's okay but somebody who makes six figures makes let's blow it out somebody who makes 200,000 300,000 dollars if they spend their money they could have a negative net worth somebody who makes 50k and someone who makes 300,000 could equally have the same net worth they could equally be millionaires depending on how they spend their money because if you're making 50K a year, but you're investing your money every time, you're saving your money every time, you're buying property that's appreciating over time. But the person who's making 300000 is getting bottle service, buying cars, buying this, buying that, never invest. It's like they don't have no money either. They dependent mm-hmm. on that next check coming in. Like that next check don't come in. Everything is stopping. So it's, I feel like people be so hard on themselves feeling like six figures is going to answer their problems. And, and problems. don't get me wrong, getting more money is a goal too, because the more money you get, the more that you can invest and save and stuff like that. But the reality is all those jobs is not, a lot of those jobs is not out there, but you can do it from what you have today. It's all again, back to mindset. Mm-hmm. If you know you have this much left with your budget, invest it do this with it save it do you really need this this month do you really need that and when you start getting that new income keep living on the income you had before and invest the rest of that or save the rest of that so like i said i I feel like anybody can do it anybody can get started just gotta tap in with yourself are you ready to make that mindset shift Mm -hmm. so the step one is we're gonna question ourselves hey self self what do i want to do do i want to be broke Or do I want to live a good life after retirement? Because you can still live a good life now and after retirement. Yeah, you could do both. I think people don't think they can coexist. I didn't used to think so either. Like I used to be on the side of just like, I want to live my life now. Mm -hmm. I want to be retired trying to like, ah. But I found balance. You figure out ways to reward yourself throughout your journey, but... Now I see that I want both. I just don't want to be in retirement, just like stressed about money. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You said you found balance, right? I like that word. If I'm going to be transparent, I struggle with balance here and there. I feel for myself, I kind of work a little too hard. Hey, give yourself a break. And it's like, no, 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 no. We got a goal. We got a goal. We got a goal that we're trying to reach. I can't, I can't take a break. I got to work, work, work. But how do I, you're giving me advice now. You talk to me. G, <laughs> what do I need to do to create that balance for myself? How do I, yes, reward myself, but not do it? I don't know. I'm not going to go buy myself some name brand or anything like that. But, yeah. you know, how do I do that? So one of my mentors told me to start attaching rewards to goals. So mm-hmm. now when I do something for myself, I feel like, it was it was actually deserved and it's in with it's within reason because it was something I thought about. Something I'm working on that I think has helped with that balance too is deferred gratification because I'm tying it to a goal. I found a way to still reward myself, but like I said, it's tied to like, okay, you said you were gonna do this and you actually got it done in this set time frame. 
we've already, you know, priced out this reward and we save for this is not a impulse buy at this point. This is something we wanted to buy that we saved. It didn't take money out of our investment. It didn't keep money on our credit card too long. It didn't, you know, it's not going to mess you up financially and we prepared for it. So I can even feel even better in buying that and being like, okay, you deserve that. And it could be as little as just, you know, I know you was in school, right? So I complete this course with, you know, above a B plus in all my classes. I'm going to get me a membership to the massage to the massage place to go once a month because I feel like that's mm. what I want, right? So you could be thinking about that for the next four months as you hit that goal, saving for So then hopefully you hit your goal when you do it. you be like, oh, I, I deserve this. You know what I'm deserve. saying? Yeah. And it didn't take anything away from you. We can't deprive ourselves, right? Like if you want to buy the Louis bag, I get it. You know, <laughs> I, have, I have a nice bag. I'm not telling people not to get it back. My, my tail far is sitting over there. Like, I, can't, I try to be like, okay, but next month you have you can't buy nothing. And you need to make sure that you invest or you save. Or if we're going to buy it, it can't sit on the credit card. You got to actually have the cash if you're going to get it. So just little things like that. Because if you don't, you're going to be depressed. Like, you don't yeah, take no trips. Yeah. You don't do nothing. Like, you got to do something. You got to do something. Yeah. Or you're going to feel miserable. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then I think, you know, not to be morbid, but people are passing away that we really love and you stop and take pause and that. All right. I deserve a little reward. I don't got to go crazy, but I need to stop and smell the rose. I need to have a good time every now and then and then get back focused. I agree. Well, that was great. That was amazing. <laughs> yay, Jay. Yay, Jay. All right. So we're going to take a break and then jump into the mix. Let's do it. DJ First Lady in the mix. Me not need no drama. What? So 
But every time I see some girl immediately, she just want me to leave everything I did to one. Come and hang with her. She says she love me something because when me long, something slide up in her, it's much a belly and a damage her. The other night she call her friend over and two of them are pressing for me, me dip on the middle like a sandwich, yeah. She tell me about her man, I know him so jealous. Him I follow on a stock and I cough her like a officer. She tell me how she feel. Same to satisfy her. She need me. Because she want that fire. Around the Lord to see how my doggy concubines be bring me pen and rough. The men my palm me toss so forth. See, I love your imperfections and your flaws. Yes. Me tis you can't be a me side chick or brand me you if you come in for being so soon top blocks. In sis I can't make that iron rose. Baby, you got too much sauce. Dora, take me away. All the loving that you need, I got it for you, baby. What really do you want me to say? For what I know, my soon I frame it, babe. Everything gonna be okay, T. Donna, me donna. So what is she, I'm a sonna. We'll be from a coma and share me down for the back corner. See, cry you a river. Baby, make you no shiver. What do be there? We need to have... Okay, and we're back. So, Jay, you used to be a corporate body like the rest of us, right? But you're not that no more. We want to know what happened. What was the change? You a director. Let's deep it. You're a director. You my boss's boss, 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 boss. Stop. Do you understand the levels? This is the hierarchy. You're here. The rest of us are still trying to. How about everybody else? I'm chilling. Hi. Can I please have your email? 
Do I need to hit, hit up your assistant to get on your calendar? I'm sorry. So tell us, tell us the story, the journey for the journey from being where the rest of us is at to being at your own level. I'm taking notes over here. Oh, please. I should be asking you, Queen G. Um, It's about you today. No, you know, I started my corporate career right out of college. And for me, leaving college, I just wanted to climb the corporate ladder so bad. I don't Mm. know if it was like the overachiever in me. I've always been like a straight A student. I always was over somebody's club president or something. So I remember starting work and just being like, oh, I want to be a VP. I want to be president. I want to be this. I want to be that within corporate. And I quickly experienced burnout my first year within corporate because I don't know, like I just, I just wanted to be a VP. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do everything. I was trying to prove myself. I was, you know, college is very competitive. They need to look at like do a psychological study on, on us after we leave. For real. We still are in competition mode with people who have already figured out some of the things that I'm about to say. I think that first year with, for me, I, I, and I'm, I'm glad I had it though, because people saw me as a hard worker and really trusted me. I got a lot of trust. Um, but as like the year started to go by, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm good at my job. You know, the people are nice. I, I get promoted every year. I don't think I want to be a VP anymore. Like the people yeah. that I were meeting who were VPs or C-suite, they weren't seeing their kids. They weren't seeing their families and things like that. I don't even know if this is what I want to do. Like I started to question, feel like when you finish school, you're supposed to know and I just didn't know. I just know that I was very complacent. I knew that I was good at my job. People were nice to me, but I was just, I don't know if I can see myself doing this for 30, 40 years. I don't particularly want to climb the corporate ladder. I think I just had to have a shift about life itself. And I was just like, I just want to live a life that I am proud of and I'm compensated for. So that kind of goes back to my last point when we talked about income. Some of the moves I've made, yes. Some of them have money underlying, but for the most part, I always just figured money would come to me. I really had to tap into what I like to do because if I could find something that I really liked to do, I would do it so well that somebody would pay me what I was asking to be paid because I was so passionate and the, it was showing my work. It was really hard for me to keep doing work that I wasn't passionate about. And I was like, mm. they're going to figure out I'm a fraud. Like, I don't like <laughs> work. Like, I really just come here and clock in from nine to five. So I was at that job for like five years. It was awesome. The people were great to me. But again, I just felt like I needed something new. So what did I do? I jumped ship prematurely. So to people who are watching, Sometimes it's not, the grass is not always greener. I am here to tell you. I, <laughs> I jumped and went into executive recruiting and I won't talk too bad about them, but I'll just say it wasn't for me. And I was mm. so devastated because sometimes in your career journey, you find an opportunity, you feel like, oh, God sent me this. This is from him himself. And then you get there, you'd be like, is this a test? Like, <laughs> is this a stopping point? And that working that job, you know, again, it it was a little bit more money, but not even up front, to be honest. Mm. And I thought I would be good at it. I thought it would be something new, something exciting. And I really did not like it. I was so comfortable saying I did not like it. Mm -hmm. And again, this goes back to our earlier session. Because I had saved money, I was just like, I'm not going to continue to work here. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. I had made up my mind that I'm going to quit at some point because my mental health meant more to me. Like I actually really hated the job. I don't feel like you're going to like every job you like, but I think that you can't have a good, healthy mental state if you hate the job, if you actually like hate getting up 
hate getting on the team's call, having anxiety. You are worth so much more. So I even got a lesson out of that, of going somewhere you thought was good and even being like, it's okay to take a step back. I don't care. Like if I have to move back in my mom, whatever it is, but I care about myself so much, I won't let any job disrupt my mental health. And there's no amount of money that could disrupt my mental health. But Let's I, pause there real quick though. So this was an executive recruiter role. What was your first role? My first role that I liked Yes. But like I said, I just did. I was a global marketing operations, global marketing strategy operations manager. So what made you say, I want to be a recruiter? I would, that job was very data heavy, very tech and data heavy. I didn't really get to interact with other people, client facing, mm. except like my team. Like I was just really in numbers and stuff like that. And I really wanted to get back to talking to people. I think I have a personality there. I think my gift is around community, around people. So I was Mm -hmm. like, executive recruiting, like that sounds cool. Like I already do all these mixers we talked about. I try to build community. I talk with people. People call me a connector. I'm like, this is great. Like I'm going to be networking with some of the highest level executives within the tech space, which I was, but not in the way that I thought I would. But again, sometimes you got to make a big leap and try something new. I definitely don't like that. (laughs) Well, now I know I don't like this. I don't have to spend time going back there or wondering, oh, what if I had taken that job or whatever, whatever. Like I'm someone that's, I'm going to take the risk because I know I have a fallback plan. Like I know I have a family. I know I've saved money. You know, I want to see what could happen. You know, I could either like it or I could hate it, but either way, I'm going to find out something new. And I found out that wasn't wasn't for you. Yeah, Got it wasn't for me. Now we're out of the, the recruiting phase. How did you get to the phase? So the director uh, role? basically what happened was on the side, we talked about, you know, got to get extra income, yeah, right? Check. So mm-hmm. I started a marketing consulting a firm, if you will, on the side as my own business. I had a client, I had a couple clients, but this one particular client, we worked really well together and I really liked the mission that he was going after. I was learning a lot too. And when I quit my job, I remember calling him or I, I called him before I was about to quit because I was just like, he, I also see him as a mentor. I'm leaving like my mental health. Da, 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 da. He's like, would you work for me full time? <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> Did I survive the test? Right. <laughs> Did I, the test? I knew something was coming. I knew my God wouldn't hold me down like that. Right. I knew it. I was just like, wow, God's timing is great. And it's been absolutely amazing. So now I am on paper a director, but I don't have direct reports or anything like that. That's what she said. She's just trying to be humble, you <laughs> I don't have direct reports. I do want a direct report, but I'm cool and I have one for now. Basically, I get to do everything that I was kind of looking to do. I, I'm director of marketing, a specific segment of my boss's businesses. I get to run all the marketing activities from his PR team to digital marketing ads to social to creative and actually having a hand in all of that and bringing all those people together to oddly enough, spread the word about creating wealth. So it all ties into things that I'm passionate about. Is it a lot of work? Yes, but I love it, you know, and I'm having a good time and that's what matters. So that's kind of my journey. It it didn't look like this, you know, it was, and I'm like this, but Mm -hmm. I found what I liked, you know what I'm saying? And if I could have it my way, this would be my last job. 
Wow. How long are we working for? Just a couple of five more years and I say you're going to be done because you balling and whatnot. You know, I said I want to be done working by 35. 35, I would like to be making a lot of passive income or have a pretty good real estate portfolio. That's my goal. And the God I serve has been more than on time with my timeline of things, outside of timeline for things. And people used to laugh at me. I told people I wasn't staying in corporate forever. I was like, I don't know when I'm a bounce, but I was like, I'm not staying in corporate forever. So for it to have happened this fast, I'm technically not at a corporate job anymore. Yeah. Me saying that, I feel like it's realistic. Like I can keep my mindset if I keep saving and investing like I am, like I can make that a reality. And after 35, I can just do stuff I love. I would love to, you know, be on the board of like nonprofits or doing stuff where I can give back. And again, my money is making money for me or something like that. So what's another way your money will be making money for you other than real estate? Because we we touched on that one. Well, not enough, unless you want to talk a little bit. No, I mean, I plan to get into real estate. I think that's I think we look at a lot of wealth creation in the country. A lot of it has come through real estate, mm-hmm. but also, you know, securities and bonds. Hopefully I can amass enough wealth to maybe do alternative investing. Um, What's that? People like do angel investing or they invest angel. in like liquor companies or other mm-hmm. things where you put like a, you get a small equity and as the company grows, you get paid out. So Different things like that is what I would hope to do. There's different paths. Like some people want to go into entrepreneurship. Personally, I have my own business, but I don't want to run a whole business with employees and things like that. So that's just not my wealth path. But I do want to just own several, a really, really good, strong real estate portfolio. I want to have a really diverse stock portfolio and have cash on hand that's accumulating interest. Well, I'm looking for an angel investor. If you're ready, we can have. Let me get there. Let me get there. Let me get there. (laughs) I already believe it's already here. So you know what I'm saying. It's coming. I believe it. I really believe believe it. I don't know when it's gonna happen. You know, I'm trying to even set a timeline for that. Just being diligent to my goals, but. It's going to happen. Like It will. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at you now. Like, come on. I do have another question for you. So okay. we did talk about corporate world and a lot of people are so eager to jump into tech and with what's happening right now with all the layoffs and things like that. I'm not sure if that's going to deter people or whatever the case may be. But the question is, is it okay to be money hungry rather than goal-oriented when looking for a career change? The money is always going to come. I think the more you work, you realize that you should find something you like doing and then figure out how you can make as much money as possible doing that. I think if you do it the other way around, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be, you know, I want to. we want to make a lot of money, but I don't want to worship money, if that makes sense. We could have easily gone and been lawyers, for example. We're smart. <laughs> easily gone and been lawyers and doctors absolutely capable we're absolutely smart enough to do it but we would be miserable because that's not what we want to do right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we would be getting those three hundred thousand dollar checks whatever big checks and stuff like that making a lot of money but it's not something we ever wanted to do so you would be right. miserable making that money Right. Like I love social media. I love marketing. All right. Well, figure out if you really love it, like figure out how to monetize that or how to find a career that's within that. And maybe it doesn't pay you what you want to start, but you're going to like it so much that you're probably going to perform higher. You're going to actually like your job. You probably are able to forge an opportunity to get your way to the top. You'll probably 
take more interest in going to conferences. You'll probably raise your hand to do more at work, or you'll probably be more excited to talk with your coworkers or talk to your directors about projects you're working on, or you probably want to go the extra mile because it doesn't feel like the extra mile to you. And people take note of that stuff. And that's what really moves you up in the company. You could go also and, and do something you don't like, and then you'd be miserable. People are like, she always got to come to work with an attitude just because you get paid money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think people really neglect that because they're looking for money. And I get it. I We need money. We're in a recession and stuff like that. But at the times that I've been the most genuine in doing things that I like to do, regardless of the money, I've always succeeded. Like, like you said, how we met, like I did a lot of stuff with the Black Employee Resource Group at my first job. I never got paid for that stuff, but it was so important to me to talk to Black people and to like sh- share the knowledge that we were getting. But I made so many connections off of that that have propelled I'm in the job I have now because of those connections. Because of those, yeah. I could have just been like, I'm going to come to work and do my job. But I was like, I like doing this. This is fun. Mm -hmm. I don't get paid for it now, but it's the connections I've made are literally invaluable. Something people struggle with is finding that passion. What did you do to realize, yo, I'm actually really good at this and I enjoy doing this? Other than it making you smile on a daily basis, (laughs) what else pinpoints it that this is actually something I can really do well in? and continue to be excited about doing this for the long haul? I don't know. Let me think. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't think anybody has told me, hey, you'd be good at this. I think Mm -hmm. a theme that I heard throughout my schooling, even my childhood, is that I'm just really good at building community. So I needed to be doing something that builds community because that's something that's innately in me that Mm -hmm. I just want to do. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. So earlier we are talking about cooking. I built community through that. When I got to my job, I'm just, what can I do to bring people together? Like, what are mm-hmm. people doing? A black, like, where are the black people at? Like, where are my people? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. what can I do with them? You know what I'm saying? And I think that just kind of fuels. And I was just like, you know, this makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel good when I get to connect people with this or I get to like share new information with people. This feels good. So I will just kind of look for those moments or just look for those kind of skills that you have or people have always said oh you're really creative if people tell you like really creative tap into that okay what can I do that's like makes me happy like creating I mean like you can shoot big too like oh are there murals that they need to paint on walls like who does the murals like I'd love to do a mural or something like that like not at a non-profit and you don't know who you're gonna meet (laughs) maybe you become a muralist or something just keep trying stuff this is where I think volunteering I think also comes into play just having extracurricular activities comes into place too because you can can find different things that you like to do and be like, hmm, that makes me feel good. Like, how can I monetize on that as well? So yeah, I think that's just kind of how I fell into it. It was just like, I just knew I had to be in something that was going to create community. And I like I was at a job that like, I love that job. Everybody was cool, but I was like, oh, I'm okay here. Like, but being a part of that community made me feel like, oh, I love this. I'm mm-hmm. super happy. I feel good. Like, how do I do more of this? How can I make this my job or something like this my job? Because I'm really productive when I'm when I get to do work for this thing or I get to do this. Like, you know, on the small businesses that need a online presence and they can't work with the big companies because they can't afford them and they don't understand them too, right? So it's like, could you find a niche there? And you'd be like, oh, that makes me really happy that I got to help this mom and pop shop set up a dope website. And now like their e-commerce is coming through better. And, you know, now I get to tell this story of how I grew this company by helping them with X, Y, Z. And it can look like a bunch of things. That's what I was saying. I like that. I think emphasis on the extracurricular, because if there's one thing I was going to do, 
it's going to have extracurricular on my back. I'm going to do everything. I want to know what I like, what I enjoy, what keeps me going. One thing in Austin that I really did a lot of was go to LA Fitness. And that's when I started becoming like, oh, I, I'm a I'm a gymmer. I be in the gym. Yeah, I be in the gym, we love you gym girls. <laughs> you? But you a gym girl. You, I'm you a gym, gym girl. girl. You a gym but girl. The girls are made in the gym. Hello? Emphasis on the extracurricular. And I think for anyone that's listening and you may feel like, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. I need to spend my time working and trying to make money. Yeah, yeah, do that. But also tap into your happiness. I think that's really important. You did talk about burnout. I'm not even sure if everyone knows what burnout is, but it's a big thing. I even experienced burnout before. And I can't believe it. Me? It's Hype me like I was burnt out. Wow, this is a real thing. Actually, would you mind explaining that a little? What did you experience when you felt the burnout? How long did it take for you to recover? Because I think that's a really big question. So burnout for me was, like I said, coming out of college, I I was perfectionist coming out of college. I was a straight A student. I was president of this, president of that, you know, graduated at top of blah, blah, blah. So when you come out of school, I feel like sometimes that's all you know. So you're now in this corporate setting and you still feel like you're in that mode of needing to compete. In a sense, you was competing when you was in school. You had to get above the curve and stuff like that. So I think when you first start, you're in that like, I got to go hard. Like, I got to make a name for myself here. They got to know who I am. Like, I'm basically starting on over, right? Because you're coming from school, you had cred, you was this, yeah. this <laughs> now you at this company with somebody who's twice your senior who's like, child, my kids at home, I'm leaving at five o'clock. And you're like, we gotta work. I gotta work, you know, I gotta work so hard, I gotta work so hard. So let them know you're the first one office, you're the last to leave. You working on this project, you raising your hand for this project, you keep raising your hand for this project, raising your hand for that project. And then you work, you're working, working, you're so tired, you're so tired, but you wanna go hard and you don't wanna let anybody down. And you keep taking all responsibility instead of saying no, instead of having boundaries, and it just keeps going, keeps going till one day you like, what the? Mm-hmm. And then you just think about it, you'd be like, this is why my coworker who twice my senior leave at exactly five o'clock. <laughs> and he still work here. Like that was my realization. I was like, and not that I wasn't getting promoted and stuff like that. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But so was my coworker who was leaving at five. That's what they paid me for. So I, I started coming to the realization of just one, this is not even what I want. Like mm-hmm. I said, I thought I wanted to be a VP and all that. So I'm like, I don't even want to do that. I want to really come to work, work with good people, do my work and go home and live my life. I have a, mm-hmm. a life outside of work. I feel like I made work my life. And again, as you get older, natural progression of things happen. You, there are just certain events that happen. You'd be like, work is not my life. Mm-hmm. And you also just be like, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm-mm. you don't have to raise your hand for every project. Yeah. And then I said, I think mental health just becomes increasingly important too, because it's all right. You know, I'm not saying you're not going to work some long nights. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I, I work long nights all the time. You know, there are sometimes you have to work a weekend here and there, but it shouldn't be an all the time thing. Like you have mm-hmm. an actual life to live that you should be out going to do stuff. You shouldn't be trying to send an email at 1150 because somebody doesn't respect your time. Like you really have to just set some hardcore boundaries because I feel like that burnout made me sick like it made me feel like I was just like in a mind fog I feel like it was just like Mm. something always had to get done I was just trying to prove myself and I was just like for what like you know what I'm saying like I'm getting good marks already it's not like I'm slacking it's okay to log off at 5 30 like it's okay 
Exactly. Right. That's even too much. Right? <laughs> it's OK to like let the email sit to Monday if they sent it to you mm-hmm. Friday, unless it's urgent. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's OK. And you also got to be careful with that stuff, because if you responded on a Saturday all the time, people are going to know that you be on work doing work on Saturday and they always going to send you stuff. Yeah. So burnout is just I'll be careful of it recognize it what were the signs that you missed we have random breakdowns and this is an expression i still use to this day that's how i can know like i'm feeling i'm over i'm overwhelmed i don't want to cry but i feel like my body wants to cry like i feel like i'm gonna cry i'm gonna have a breakdown because my body needs to release it because i haven't slowed down to process whatever has happened or whatever i'm feeling and think i was feeling like that every day i was feeling like i'm gonna like collapse soon like i don't know when it's gonna happen and I can't get out of the rhythm, but like, I just feel like I'm on 10. Like I just keep going and going and going. And I haven't had the proper rest. I haven't really like separated myself from work. And that would just come through on the smallest things. Like the smallest thing is smallest inconvenience can happen. And I just break down because my mm. body has been wanting to cry, wanting to break down. And so, and, and that, that, then that would get weird. It would get annoying because it's like, are you crying? Cause there's no more sun chips in the cafeteria. Mm. Like what's wrong with you? <laughs> like just small things. Leave Okay. Like something's wrong. Like I'm mm-hmm. these small things now seem so big. These inconveniences. Cause my body's tired. Wow. Okay. People <laughs> recognize, recognize your body is speaking to you. Your body is speaking. It's trying to tell your you. Your body to, like, is trying to tell you to relax. I'm going to take your own, your advice as well. I'm going to tell myself to relax. Jeez. Today I had a relaxing day and I was so shocked. Wow. Look at what relaxation looks like. We don't know what it looks like. No, we don't. We We don't. don't. Especially as Black people, even as someone who has, I don't know how you identify yourself, but like having family who was born in another country and that responsibility, you know, as first gen. Are you first gen American? Yes. Yeah, as first gen American. That's a lot of pressure. So you feel like when you're standing still, so many things are just passing yeah, by. So many like, I should be doing like, this. Like, relaxing feels like... I should be doing this. It's because we don't know how to, but it's like right. we really need to... It's okay to, like, be still. It's okay yeah. to, like, set those boundaries and be like, I'm not working on the weekend. Maybe if I want to work for my business, sure, but, like, somebody else, like, I, I need to create some space. Like, it's okay to have a day where you just do completely nothing. Like, you need those mental reset days and I think early in my career I didn't have those it just felt like I always had to be on I felt like if I was standing still I was just being a disappointment (laughs) which wasn't true (laughs) you know you make up all this stuff in your head but it's like we don't know how to relax you relax and your body be like this is awkward this is awkward why aren't you up at 5 (laughs) a.m no right (laughs) when I let my body sleep I sleep like so long I can't hear anything I'm a 5 a.m 6 a.m girl every day so Every now and then, you know, I'm doing this challenge, so that's even worse. But mm-hmm. I think the last Saturday it was, um, I was sleeping and I was just sleeping so good. I look at the clock, it was 11:30. I said, like, "Oh, my body was tired. Tired. She's tired. 11:30. She's tired. <laughs> but I needed, I needed that. I did nothing yeah. else for the rest of the day. I was like, if I woke up at 11:30 today, that must mean like I'm really exhausted. So mm-hmm. you got it. Just relax today. We back well, at five at tomorrow. You. You listen to your body. And so you took your own advice and that's really good. I'm hoping everyone 
who's going to listen to this can take everything that you said, of course, and apply it to their own lives and things like that. We're not telling you to go and quit your job tomorrow. Please no. don't say you heard keep that from job. here. Keep, keep, your, keep your job. Make sure you stand by this part. Keep your yeah, job. Keep your job. I never said. <laughs> I never said. Yeah. Keep your job. Keep your job. Please. We While looking for that. a job that you love. There you go. Say that again. Say that one more time. Keep your job. Mm-hmm. while looking for a job that you love. Awesome. And so that's what we are here to tell you today. Keep your job and find the job that you love, period. Okay. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What an amazing episode. And I know someone's going to learn something today. Absolutely. Because I learned a couple of things. And so I'm sure other people are going to feel the same way. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And yeah, good luck to everybody. You can do it like for real, for real. Just do it. Yes. Yeah. I hope somebody can take something from this. Awesome. Do you want to shout out any of the company you work for, your own consulting firm, if you still, if you want clients and all of that? I don't know if you want that right now, but um, you yeah, know, I, anything you want to shout out? On certain projects. So yes, I have my own consulting firm. It's JTAL Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have Instagram and websites, stuff like that. All of my clients have been word of mouth. So if you do want to get in touch with me, you can just send me a DM to oh hey j like o o h o h hey h e y j j e y with another y mm-hmm. on the end and you said what i do now ah you know if you follow me you know you know if you know you know okay hold up if you know you know sorry sorry to those that don't know but hey i know hey man i'm in i'm in okay i'm sorry to the rest of y'all but maybe next time maybe next time but yeah but awesome all right thank you so much jay bye